good December to everyone. Join me in prayer as we enter our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your orderliness and apologize for the impulsive, impulsive way we live, especially through the storms of life. We humbly request for your mercy to do the impossible with you. That is, surrender our entire lives to you. We surrender our will to yours. We pray in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Everybody says, Amen. You say, have a seat. Hello, again, good December. It is good to be with you as we anticipate God's return, of course, uh, through the uh, holiday season that we're, we're in, Christmas season. I'll make sure I get Christmas in there. I have no bias. Uh, but uh, it is good to be with you, and uh, I'm so looking forward to the next year, 2024. I'm so excited what we're doing now. So uh, I'm excited because we're going to do, uh, we're not going to do great things here uh, with with God. We're going to do impossible things. Who's with me? You see, our calling isn't greatness. I hope you understand that. Our our calling is doing the impossible. I'm going to share that with you today, so I'm excited about the message today. For you that are new, I see we have some visitors. Uh, I'm Drake. I'm the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church, and welcome to our guests. Welcome to our regular attendees, and of course, welcome to our membership. So let me just say welcome, welcome, and welcome. Now, I do hope everyone is having uh, a, a wonderful week. Uh, I, I am, but you know, let me say this. I've had an interesting week, and may I say it this, week, uh, this way this week? I've had an interesting month. And I say that because over the past month, I've been in and out of doctor appointments. Nothing too serious, but I, I'm, I'm just trying to patch up some things that are happening with my, my arm. You probably saw me with the candle. Everybody thought I was nervous. There's some, some challenges right here on my shoulder. A couple years ago, uh, like an idiot, I volunteered for the rodeo. I got steered in the gut. That's that's a lovely time. That never went away, so I'm kind of checking that out. And then I have this energy level. Energy comes and goes, and not quite sure what's happening. So I've been in and out of a lot of doctors. Now, with regards to my energy level, let me say this. The doctors and every appointment I've been in, I've probably been in five, six of them in the last week, but just over the last, I don't know, when I retired from the military, uh, they say something every time. I walk in and I get examined. The first thing they typically say is this. You know you can lose some weight if you want some more energy. Anybody with me? Or am I the only one in this boat? Every time they say it. They say that same thing. In fact, what they ought to do is as I walk in, they know I'm coming. They should just put a little recording over the door or maybe, you know, the door chimes they have. When I open the door... It just says, you know you can lose some weight. Come on, who's with me? Now at the VA, and uh, I'll be back there tomorrow where I go, every time they send me into, uh, into this situation and they say this, uh, they send, it, it's a checklist in the military. If you go and you're overweight, no matter if you're two pounds or whatever it is, every time uh, they send in a dietitian, right? To uh, you know, talk to you and advise you on your eating habits and and uh, 
They always suggest that I go on a special diet. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever been on a special diet. Yeah, we've all been on those special diets. Every time um, they do, they, the special diet is typically something like the Atkins. Anybody here been on Atkins? Atkins is great. Steak and, you know, no carbs, but you can only last so long, right? You need those carbs. So I, I don't eat so well. I've tried it. Um, Kudos to my wife. This is her go-to, Weight Watchers. Um, I, I believe the lady that invented this is a minion of the devil. I don't know. Um, <laughs> counting calories, I don't get that in these little portions. But, but the one that's the most interesting special diet that, uh, that's been recommended, uh, I tried it once. It didn't work too well. But it's the, um, anybody here been on the special diet, uh, the juicing diet? <laughs> um, now, I'm serious. If you go into my kitchen just down the street here, uh, you'll see evidence for all of these special diets. And the best proof of this is a ninja blender slash juicer that I have. Anybody have one of those? I know the Elks Club has one of these. But uh, it's, um, it's there. It's sitting there. We have it. Uh, and, and so with that, this is proof that I, I've done this. Now, it, this particular juicer or blender, what it does is it turns anything solid, any solid food, into juice. How many of you know I've seen the, do you have one? Who has one? No? Yeah, you know what, it, or you have one of those mighty blenders, right, or juicers. You know what they are. Now this juicer, just like that, wait to watch it later. This juicer is a wicked thing. It is so wicked. I'm telling you, I promise you, one of, again, the devil's minions created this juicer. Now, if you have never seen one, I kid you not, uh, you can turn, turn that baby on and you stick in, let's say, a carrot. Zip! Juice like that. An apple. Zip! An apple. Or juice comes out. It, it wicks. <laughs> Speaking baby talk over here. It whacks the bejesus, is what I'm trying to say there out of anything solid and instantly turns it into liquid. Now, I do recall uh, the dietitian one time. Now, I've been retired nearly 20 years now. Probably been years. But I do recall the dietitian saying, for two weeks, I don't want anything going in your mouth that doesn't go through this minion of a juicer. Two weeks. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And I thought, what a mess that would be. But uh, it would be a mess because I'd be, I, I didn't do it. But I thought about it and go, this would just be utter agony. No solid food for two weeks and everything with juice. But then you know I'm a preacher. You know I like to meditate. You know I like to think about things. So I had a thought. This is the thought. He says, anything that I stick in this blender will liquefy. That's where my thoughts broaden. Love the side of coffee. Boston baked beans can go through a ninja blender. Hard candy. I just went through Halloween. You know what I'm talking about there. And any candy bar. Snickers. 
almond bar. Babe Ruth. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry to cause that. That will go through that juice. I want to have fun with it. Now, don't try this at home. Because there is a trick to all of this. What is the trick? The trick is this. The trick is not to let the smoke and all of the noise bother you as you're shoving all of this hard candy and snicker bars and based in Don't let it bother you. Don't let it. Now, here's the key to doing this, because that's going to happen. But the secret is this. Here's the message for the whole day. The secret is to take a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, chubby hubby if you want a specific one, ice cream, and put it in there and let it cool it down. All the no noise and the smoke goes away. That's the secret. You think is impossible, but it's not. Just keep pushing, and everything can be turned from solids to liquid with the Ninja Blender blender juice. I know. I have tried And I share all this because where we're going with the message today. All things are possible. You think they're impossible, but all things are possible. With God. Amen? With that, let's move right into our message. I uh, thought I'd share a fun story this morning. So let's move into our message this morning. So please turn in your Bible, if you would, please, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 24 to begin a message I've titled, are you ready for this? Embracing the Impossible. Embracing the Impossible is the title of our message. Now with all that, let's put all, all, all the funniness, that was fun. But with that, I have a very serious question for you this morning. So please give me your attention. This is so important. Because this goes right along this message. Here's the question. How much of the Christian faith or the Christian life are you trying to pull off without God's power. Let that sink in. Here's the question again. How much of the Christian faith life are you trying to pull off without God's power? Over the last few weeks, I've shared some profound thoughts about the devil. Uh, if you recall two weeks ago, if you were here, I said, uh, the devil loves for you to hear God's message when you don't apply it. That was two weeks ago. Last week, last week I said, hurry is not of the devil, but is the devil. This week, another one. Here's this week's thought about the devil. Do you know the devil is not interested at all in exalting himself, but is only interested in dethroning God in your life so you don't receive God's power? The devil wants to dethrone God in your life first and foremost, 
so that you don't receive the power of God. And I can't tell you, I shared this in Sunday school, how many people on a weekly basis comes to me and says, my prayers aren't getting past the ceiling. I, I, I don't have the power of God. I don't sense God in my life as much as I want. There's a reason. The devil dethrones God in your life by lifting your thoughts above God's thoughts. Never to receive or understand God's power or ordering. Let me say that again. The devil dethrones God in your life by lifting your thoughts, your perspectives, your opinions, your whatever, fill in the blank, lifts up your thoughts, and God's thoughts are down here. Who's with me? And it is the it is evil to the core. And unfortunately, today across America, around the world, too many Christians are living with their thoughts above above God's thoughts, and it is wicked. Did I make my point? It is. We got to start thinking properly if we want to embrace the impossible and see impossible things happen. The devil is not interested in exalting himself one day, but only dethroning God by lifting man's thoughts above God. So let that sink in as we get into the midst of of our the holidays we're in. Uh, but let it sink in as you desire. God's power and order in your life. Let that sink. So, as we are in the Christmas holidays this Sunday, I aim, my target today is to provide an understanding into the 48th command of Christ as we teach it here at Elevating Life Church. And we teach the 49 teachings, if you will. It's just a, a model we use here, the 49 commands of Christ. And today, we're looking at the 48th teaching or command. And it is known as receive God's power. And it's at its right position because now we've gone through all of the teachings in the gospel. Jesus here, after the resurrection, he is now telling, sharing with his apostles, his disciples, receive God's power. But it must be in his order. If it's not in his order, your thoughts are here. God's thoughts are down here. We must get things into God's order if you want to receive the power of God and not just be a minion of the devil without realizing. So with that, read our opening verse, Luke 24, 49. And we're going to go to Matthew 14 as well. We're going to kind of back up a little bit with some of these commands. But we're going to read where this command resides. And then we're going to go look at Romans 1 real quick. And then we're going to pop over to Matthew 14 to really see how to achieve the impossible as we saw Peter walking on water with Jesus. So first, Luke 24, 49. Jesus, as I just shared, is in a, a room with his uh, disciples, apostles. And this is the scene where he just wrapped up the conversation with Thomas where Jesus shared or showed, excuse me, uh, the the scars to prove that he is the resurrect, uh, resurrected Christ. And so with that, we come back where we're at now in the midst of wrapping up Jesus' ministry here on earth. And he says this to his disciples. Raise your hand 
if you are a disciple of Christ. Here we go. This is for us. Jesus says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. Welcome to love. Welcome to the power of love. Agape. But stay in the city, right where you're at. We can say the local church in your city here. Until you have been, what's the next word? Clothed. That word clothed means uh, the teachings that Jesus is giving us. There is a character trait that follows the teachings of Christ to develop your character within you, the, the character of Christ, so that then you have structure in your life as God the Father fuels you with his love and with the lo and other people are part of that with you. So, But stay in the city until you have been clothed, learned all of that, with power from on high. Do you realize when you're learning Jesus' teachings, his command, you're receiving a little bit of power here and a little bit of power here. One of the reasons we use the 49 commands of Christ, because if you understand a little bit about numbers, I'm not a big numbers guy, but 49 is uh, 7 times 7 equals 49. And the year of Jubilee is coming, if you understand Scripture. But we use the 49 commands of Christ, and as we're learning those 49, you have to learn them. They just don't, through osmosis or evolution, not evolutionists, we're creationists, we develop this structure of Christ with a heart of love, God the Father's ministry, and understand what that is. And so through that, as you're developing and you're drinking milk at this point, if you will, as a spiritual Christian, but you're learning, it's at this command, receive God's power. Jesus says you've got to be clothed with that character, and then you're going to receive the power of God. The reason so many Christians never experience the power of God is because they never clothed themselves with the teachings of Christ properly. Are you with me? And this is so radically important because we want the power of God. But we keep putting our thoughts above God, and we're going to just continue to be that greasy rag of, uh, of a ministry or that personal relationship with God, and we just kind of go into it. And we never truly receive the power. And here, God, Jesus himself, is offering this. Uh, the last command, actually, to complete your discipleship, because the next command is this, go make disciples. But you have to have the power of God to make disciples. Does that make sense? Too many people in their own power are trying to uh, create disciples, and what they do is they uh, create, as we talked about last week, they, they create dominions of themselves. And then we got a bunch of religious kooks and freaks and everything running around making the Christian faith look so good. Sarcasm included. And so this is such a powerful, powerful command here. So again, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Now most here understand that the teachings of Jesus hold immense power and purpose. I hope you realize that. If you agree, raise your hand. From Jesus' initial teachings or commands to repent, be born again, and follow me to the command that we're looking at today, receive God's power, Jesus aims to bring order to our personality first and within, uh, and within uh, the different relationships within the church. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's marriage, that's family, and, and that's the church, the bride of Christ. That's his aim, that's his goal. To, uh, he wants that, to, his goal is to make sure all of those commands 
uh, are received in those relationships so that we, once again, can receive the power of God. Which is, let me say it this way, is eternal power connected with divine nature that then allows you to be complete peace of God, as we talked about, so that then you can be a powerhouse for God. And we see this in Romans 1.20, where Paul talks about the, the completion of this and what it looks like. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, and you're trying to figure out what that is. Uh, generosity, that's pretty invisible, but it's there. Uh, love, that is invisible, but I guarantee it, it's there. And I can go through each one of these character traits, and every one of them are invisible. But I guarantee it, we all experience it them, if you will, one way or the other, good or bad. And so, again, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, now here it is, those invisible qualities, his internal power and divine nature, hello, commands of Christ, have been clearly seen or experienced being understood from what has been made, that's you and I, so that people are without excuse. Are you with me? I think Paul knew what he was talking about when it came to the Father's love, connecting uh, the divine attributes of Jesus together so that then we can truly receive the power of God. And then we can achieve the impossible. And this is the reason uh, Jesus came to us to clothe us, if you recall the last scripture, with power from on high. And they must be our value. They must be our priority. And they must be a conviction in our life. That is his eternal power and divine nature. Those invisible qualities, like love and, and godly character, like I mentioned before, those traits that are not seen by the physical eye, but understood from what has been made, again, such as you and I. If we choose to be saturated, baptized, in the teachings of the Father, Son, and Lord. Does that make sense? Jesus gives us these teachings in order to fall asleep in church. Oh, I'm sorry. To not pay attention. Remember, we are without excuse. Jesus gives us these teachings in order to receive the Holy Spirit more profoundly. Now, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit, you say, you know what? I'm done doing it man's way. Repent. Then I'm going to say, you know what? My worldview, my belief system, and my religious, pure religious traditions, my practices, and everything that goes with that, with belief, and, and, and everything that that is, that's going to be my priority. Because that is what works. Because when I do that, I'm going to see all of these problems. Many of you have ever experienced a mountain of problems, a mountain of challenges, uh, a Mount Everest of issues in your life. And you go, this is impossible to even think about. Receive God's power. Embrace the impossible. And I guarantee it, everything will be resolved in the power of God. Am I making sense? It's sad now where we're at today. It's sad because very few people, and I'm, I'm going to refer to Christians, experience this type of power or result. They don't 
understand or receive the impossible. Oh, they want to do great things, but they don't understand what it means to do the impossible. Christians are no different. Most Christians are no different than the world. Rather than achieving the impossible things with God, they want to do what the world wants. They want to achieve great things, and seldom do they even think about eternal things where the impossible happens. I know this is so because many Christians read the Bible like it's God's suggestion book, rather than God's way, truth, and life. Let me say that God never called us to do great things. He wants us to do the impossible. Now, let me caution you. God never wrote a suggestion book. Please hear that. He never said, I appreciate it. If you could consider the possibility of not, I don't know, coveting or envy. Just consider it. Consider not putting any other God before me. God doesn't suggest you to be clothed by Jesus' command. He commands us to saturate ourselves with Jesus' teachings and apply them so we can be clothed with holy traits that reflect His glory or divine nature, just as we read in Romans 1. So with that, let's see what achieving the impossible looks like in not a suggestion book, but in the instructions for life to receive God's power. Let's look at that one. I want to see what that is so we can see what the impossible looks like and what we need to do so we can receive the power. So let's now go uh, to Matthew 14, a very familiar story. We're going back. We're at the Matthew 20, or excuse me, we're in Luke, at the end of Jesus' ministry, but we're going to go back to Matthew. Uh, we're going to hit eh, right around 15, 16th command. We're going to go back to Peter and walking on the water with Jesus. Because it's here we see the impossible, where Peter walks on water with Jesus. So let's go there, Matthew 14, 22 through 23. Uh, I want to read this the best I can. Again, I'm a preacher, I'm a teacher. Uh, i got my opinions too, so uh, we'll see how quick I can do this. This is a beautiful story. Most of us know the story. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Does anybody know the crowd that is uh, that this is that was dismissed? What crowd is this? The 5,000, feeding the 5,000. So Jesus just did an amazing miracle. And, and we, we, we go after the miracles of Christ here at the church. And the apostle, or excuse me, disciples at this time, just experience a wonderful miracle. So, But now, Jesus says, all right, get into the boat. After he had dismissed them, he went on, uh, excuse me, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Now, let me give you the purpose of prayer. Overall, generally speaking, the purpose of prayer is to get your thoughts under God's thoughts, not the other way around, as I mentioned earlier. Are you with me? That's the purpose of prayer. We've got to start understanding what prayer and study and meditation and fasting and, and what corporate worship is and all that if we're going to get back to where we need to be to, to resurrect uh, or to redeem, I should say, uh, our lives, but also this world that God has given us to do so. 
After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside intentionally by himself now to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. We move forward. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Buffeted by the waves. Now, this is a silly word to use. It was a storm. Anybody ever been in a storm on a boat? I know Rich and I have. It's, it's miserable. Buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, now, here it is. Jesus walked. Shortly after dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they just got done with the miracle. They were what? Fear. How many people function as a Christian out of fear? It's a ghost. Here comes their stories. That's a good opinion. They said, and this is key, folks, cried out in fear. Goes on to say, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It's a good thing I'm not Jesus. I'm like, listen, bunch of wimps. <laughs> take courage. Don't be afraid. If you read Scripture over and over and over again, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. What's the results? We're afraid. Look at all the problems. And we failed to cry out to the Lord. Lord, if it's you, they said, Peter replied, this is Peter, I love Peter, tell me to come to you on the walk. What is Jesus? He says this every time, by the way. Every time you're in church, every time you lift up, Jesus is going to say, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. There you go. Here's some faith. Walked on the water, my goodness, and came towards Jesus. Didn't go to the therapist. Didn't walk towards the family. Didn't walk towards society or, you know, everything that comes at us. Walk towards Jesus. We need to get that into our makeup because there's too many Christians who's walking to everybody but Jesus. Here we go. But when he saw the other options and opportunities, when he saw the wind and the chaos of the world and everything, he was what? Once again, afraid and beginning to what? And then, of course, he cried out, please hear this, Lord. That's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the only order of God. And he says what? Save me! There's too many people in the crowd that said, no, I don't need any help. I'm going to do this on my own. Do you know the reason we're here at church? To help each other? Because we're created in the image of God. We're on the same page of music with our, our, our mindset, the world view. I'm just, somebody asked me the other day, I think it was Jeb, we're talking about the three different people. Those who cry out for help, Peter. Those who are just sitting in the boat doing nothing. The crowd. Then you got the Pharisees, the religious people are just waiting for the message to get done. Too boring. He was afraid, beginning to think, cried out, Lord, save. 
When's the last time you prayed, Lord, save me? You think for a second that, ah, leave him alone, he's too busy. Like Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Goes on with this. Thank you, Lord. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught him. You of little faith, said, why did you doubt? Doubt is the faith of today. And when they claim, climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are Son of God. Folks, if we want to receive the power of God, we need to embrace the impossible by embracing the Father, uh, God the Father's love, by learning the teachings of Jesus so our character is saturated in Christ's traits, of Christianity, where then those come together and then we receive the power with one another and achieve the impossible. It will not happen in the other way. It's the only way. It's the only truth and it's the only life that God expects from us if we expect to do the impossible. I'm done doing great things, so let's do the impossible thing together. And then from there, through the storms of life, as we're stepping out of the boat that's taking risks and really going after what God needs us to go after, then we will we embrace the impossible. We will experience, receive God's promise. Not only a promise in the New Testament, but a promise in the Old. Let's bring that together in relationship. Then we will receive God's power. And then we can serve Jesus properly with we can serve the fruit of the Spirit to a world that is lost and dying. So, ending where we began, Luke 24, 49. So this commands you, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. Stay in the city. Work on it until you have been clothed with the power. Jesus is heritage, the redeemed heart of Christ with power on time. Church, the message, the best I could do, embrace it. The impact. Amen?